Deontay Wilder versus Tyson Fury. Post-fight thoughts. Dun-dun-dun! Hey guys, Fight Junkie here. As usual, before we jump into this next episode, I want to remind you guys, you can hit me up on Twitter at FightJunkie.com, listen to me on Anchor.fm, and of course, subscribe to the YouTube channel, YouTube.com slash FightJunkie2006. So the fight literally just got over. If you guys didn't watch it, it was pretty entertaining. A lot of people thought it might be a stink fest because of the two styles. And at times there was domination from Fury with his boxing. But there was always that threat. Again, we spoke about it in our pre-fight predictions. Which if you want to hear it, click that icon in the upper right corner if you're listening to this on YouTube. And that will link back to the pre-fight predictions. And we talked about everything. I'll go over that a little bit. But if you want to hear the original thoughts, go ahead and hit that link and listen to it. Um, But we talked about how Tyson Fury could be winning every second of every round. And then boom. And that happened. It happened twice. In the ninth round, it wasn't that big of a shot, honestly. But it looked like it almost hit him behind the head. So I'll say top of the head, around the ear, behind the head. It was somewhere around there. And it sent him down, but he didn't look like he was in serious, serious trouble. The 12th round was something different. And we talked about it in the pre-fight predictions. He has a tendency to pull back. And he pulled back just a little bit. Right hand, left hook, good night. Right down, boom. It looked like he was out. I mean, he laid motionless. Like for a second there, I'm thinking, this is it. Like he really did score the last round knockout that we spoke about. In the, in the pre-fight predictions, that Tyson could be winning the entire fight. Seconds left, boom, gets hit and gets knocked out. Didn't happen. Tyson showed a ton of heart, got up, and even started dominating portions of that round. That's the thing with Wilder in this fight that was a little bit off to all of his other previous fights. Not that he missed. Not that he threw windmills. Not that he, you know, he uh, showed bad footwork and was off balance. All of that we've seen before. But he got tired. He got really tired in this fight. A lot of people after he weighed in at 212 thought, did he overtrain? I'm not going to go that far, but his weight was very low. A lot of people think he should be a cruiserweight. I don't know if he can cut the extra 12 pounds. He's pretty much just all muscle. But anyway, he came in light. And the pace wasn't you know, ridiculous. Even when he was missing punches, we've seen him miss a lot more punches in other fights. We've seen him throw a lot more punches in other fights. Now, granted, one thing Fury did that a lot of his other opponents can't do was land. And of course, the jab was key. But, and I have to tell you guys this, I told you so. Go back and watch this fight and see how much success Tyson Fury has when he pushes Deontay Wilder back. People have to start realizing that you can have success pushing this man backwards because he immediately tries to create distance. And the reason Tyson was able to do it even better than uh, Luis Ortiz is because he's 6'9 and he's got the reach. So when he pushed Deontay back, he just stuck the jab in his face just like we spoke about. He stuck the jab in his face and it offsets everything that Deontay's looking to do. What is he looking to do? He's looking to walk you into a punch as he moves backwards and you move forward. 
Tyson was too good with his lead hand jabbing Deontay and it offset all of his timing. And that's why you saw Tyson have such good success when he pushed Deontay back. In fact, in the last round, after he got up and Deontay threw, I believe it was like three or four more punches, really wide windmills that missed, and Tyson started fighting back, he cracked Deontay and started pushing Deontay back. He had real success there. In fact, I have to admit, I think there was times throughout this fight that he hit Deontay with counter punches that hurt Deontay. The reason that you guys may may have or may not have noticed that, and a lot of the commentators didn't speak about it, is because Tyson didn't follow up. But there was times where he hit him with counter shots after Deontay missed or he went to muff guard and he split the guard. He hit him with clean, hard right hands that I thought shook Deontay and had Tyson put the foot on the gas a little bit more. I think you would have at least been able to visibly see Deontay was hurt. Of course, that's not Tyson's style. I'm not going to fault him at all for not going, you know, all-out killer. You saw two punches. The first one was eh. The second one was good. And Tyson basically could have lost the fight in the last round. If you're looking at the scorecards, regardless of what anybody thinks, that last knockdown is what did it, is what caused the draw on the official scorecards. In my opinion, I thought Tyson Fury won. I think that's the prevalent feeling out there is most people are going to say he won. By how much he won could be debatable, but I think most people are going to say three to five rounds. I think the three to four round is probably more accurate. The 114-110 seems right about you know, the correct scoring in my opinion. But if you say Tyson Fury won and you have three rounds, four rounds, five rounds, I don't think more people are going to have more than you know, five rounds, then I think pretty much everybody's on the same page. But it was those two damn knockdowns that gave the blind mice an excuse. And there was talk about, you know, coming over here and can he win the title and being the, you know, the traveling fighter. I didn't play too much into it. I thought that he had the lead. I thought with the knockdowns, it made it much closer. Had he not got knocked down in the 12th round, he would have officially won. Even on those scorecards, he would have officially won. And that's the thing we talked about going into this is Deontay can be losing every second. He could have even been down further on those cards, right? Let's say our scorecards are the right scorecards that Tyson's up three, four or five rounds and Deontay goes into the last round and knocks him out. It doesn't matter. And you saw that almost happen. So you're always, always going to have to worry about that. I said that in the pre-fight. Anybody who backs or bets Tyson Fury is going to be biting on their nails until the final bell rings. Not the last round, not the last 30 seconds of the round, until you hear ding because you see what can happen. One punch, boom down you go. That's always going to be there for Wilder. It doesn't matter how sloppy he is. It doesn't matter how bad his footwork is. It doesn't matter how he doesn't set up the punches correctly. It doesn't matter. If he lands on you, he's proven with everybody that he fights, he can put you down. Showed a ton of heart, in my opinion, Tyson. First knockdown, of course, you still got to get up. A behind-the-head shot is dangerous anyway, and he got up and he still did what he needed to do. 12th round was absolutely amazing. I mean, I don't think many people watching the fight and certainly the commentators, they did not think he was getting up. He barely, barely beat the count at nine. 
And that was a thing that we talked about, that pulling back. If you miss time it one single time, it's so dangerous with Wilder that he can just graze that chin and you'll go out. And most people thought, this is it. He's lost the fight in the last round. That would have been absolutely brutal. I think it would have been brutal than the draw, in all honesty. Like, you're quote-unquote dominating the fight. You have been knocked down, but pretty much it's going your way. Most people have you up. X amount of rounds going into the last round. Deontay comes out. Boom! Hits you, drops you, knocks you out. I mean, wow. That would be tough, tough to deal with for Tyson fans, Tyson betters, and Tyson Fury himself. Luckily, that didn't happen for anybody that was on that side. It didn't happen. He made it through, showed a ton of courage, a ton of heart. I actually thought the fight was really good. It, it entertained me, even in the rounds where you could see that Tyson is a far, far more skilled fighter. I don't think anybody thought that he wasn't. Even when we were capping the fight and we we're talking about the fight, we know what the class was here. It's just Deontay's got the eraser. He's got the equalizer. He can turn your lights off with one shot. And you saw Tyson made a miss. He made a miss. He made a miss. He made a miss more than Deontay landed. But when he landed, Tyson went down. And so that's the danger when you're betting on Tyson. Now for the rematch, I think that there is that little wrinkle, that little hiccup that Fury can hurt Wilder. That wasn't something I was really expecting in this fight, but because Wilder gets so wide and so wild and Fury was really putting some oomph on his punches, he wasn't doing the pity pat stuff that we see a lot. Even his jab was powerful, but when he was launching those right hands, he was trying to put some hurt and he landed clean, flush right hands that I personally believe hurt Deontay Wilder throughout the fight. It's just that he didn't put his foot on the gas, so we didn't get to see the full effect. But having watched boxing for a very, very, very long time, I'm going to go back and watch it. You guys can go back and watch it. But I think there was times where he was landing those clean shots, and it shook Deontay to his core. Like, it literally, physically hurt him. And had, Deont had uh, Tyson followed up, it would have been interesting to see how that played out. But of course, it's dangerous because you saw Deontay was spent. I'm like, this guy's already tired. And after that ninth round knockdown, I could see, like, wait a minute. He's not, he's not full force here because he knocked Tyson down, went for a little bit of flurry, and then he had to rest. That's not how Deontay does it. You guys have watched him. You see, if he hurts you, if he drops you, he is coming at you. And that's what I expected. So if he puts Tyson down to nine, then he's going to go balls to the wall. Can Tyson survive? Kind of like what we saw a little bit in the 12th round. But then again, what did he have? Like three or four? I don't even know if it was five punches after Tyson got up. And then Tyson flipped the switch after he recovered and started wailing on Deontay, pushing him back. So that fatigue issue is a big deal if you're backing Wilder in the rematch, you're hoping he comes in at a little bit of a higher weight just to get that idea that he's overtraining out of your mind. And maybe he has a little bit more stamina and that could change the whole game. So say he had a little more stamina than nine, right? And he's not fatigued where he has to pull back and they're, you know, throwing tongues at each other and making faces, but he's actually punches. You know, he's actually punching at Tyson. How hurt is he? And in the 12th round, it was the same thing. What if he wasn't so spent that he could only throw three or four punches and, 
you know, have to back off and Tyson came back and countered and hurt him and all this stuff. What if he just kept going and going and going? Could Tyson have survived? He could have really lost that fight in the last round. He got a draw, but he could have really lost the fight completely, knocked out in the last round. So there's things on both sides. Tyson's going to be Tyson. I don't think you're going to see a lot of changes from him defensively. I did like that for a lot of the fight, he did press forward. Now, it wasn't like a Mike Tyson pressing forward, but it was subtle, but it was there. Go watch the fight. It's just like I told you what would happen. He would go forward. Deontay would go back. That's the way that Deontay likes to fight. He has to have space. And Tyson was very good at controlling that distance, that range with the jab. And so when he wanted to push Deontay back, he could. And there wasn't a lot coming back at Tyson. That's why I said in the pre-fight predictions, I wanted Tyson to go forward more. And people were like, oh, you know, that's a terrible game plan. Go into this punch. But they're not understanding. He's not the type of puncher. He's not the type of stylistic puncher that sits in the pocket, crouches down, and, you know, throws uppercuts and hooks to the body and bobbing, weaving. That's not how he fights. He's got power. He's a power puncher, but he needs distance. He likes you at the end of his punches. And with Tyson being so big and having that long lead, great jab in his face, he couldn't get the timing. Even with his wild haymakers, he couldn't get the timing because that jab was hitting him in the face. When did Tyson get in trouble? He got in trouble when he was going back and got caught on the ropes. That was the ninth round behind the headshot. And he got caught again in the 12th doing what? Moving back. Just like I said, everybody said Tyson has to go back, 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 back. We talked about this. I said it's dangerous. How can you go the entire 12 rounds going backwards and have perfect timing? And you saw two times he didn't have perfect timing. And that last one in the 12th round actually cost him the fight. Like, in my opinion, he still won, but on the official judges' cards, it cost him the fight. So I think in a rematch, if he wants to do even a little more, put a, a bigger stamp on his dominating skill set, he should push the pace more. Go back and watch this fight, guys. I'm telling you, it's subtle. Some of the rounds, it's very subtle, and it only happens for a second. You'll see him go forward, Deontay will go back. Sometimes... Tyson doesn't even need to throw the jab. He'll just do a feint or walk forward, and then Deontay will go back. Other times, Tyson goes forward behind the jab and actually throws punches, and Deontay will move back. Why? He's trying to lure Tyson into that range so he can launch one of those haymakers. And most of the time, that didn't work. Tyson was safe doing that. And a lot of people thought I was crazy saying that Tyson was going to be safer going forward than he would be going back. But the, the fight speaks for itself. The proof is in the pudding. The two knockdowns are when he's going back. The one on the ropes, he had nowhere to go. So he's just basically standing still. But the 12th round, he's going back. He's pulling back. He's not coming forward at Deontay. Now go look at all the other rounds where he went forward at Deontay and pushed him back. Whether he was throwing punches or not. Did you see him get hurt? Did you see him get dropped? No, because it didn't happen. Because he was able to control the distance and the timing with the jab. So I think that's the main area that he can improve on. And of course, put the foot on the gas if he thinks he has Deontay hurt. He did that a little bit in the last round. I believe it was in the... Um, in the ninth round to the 10th round. There were spots where he did do that, where he put some oomph on it and pushed Deontay back, and Deontay would muff up, 
move back. And Tyson knew, okay, he's just trying to bait me in. So I have to be defensively sound and use my jab, keep this distance, because that's what Deontay was looking to do. He was setting a trap, trying to pull him in, then fire a long shot that hits him. Didn't work. Tyson did really good with that. I think he fought a great fight. It's truly impressive with his two comeback fights where he looked like garbage. He looks so much better in this fight. Not only his physical conditioning, but just his movement. I thought he got a little bit tired there in the, the late rounds. Just a little bit. I could see him slow down. You could see his feints didn't start coming as much. And he wasn't using the lead hand as much. And then, of course, you know, Deontay caught him in the last round. But when he needed to do it, he did it. And he did it pretty consistently for the entire fight. As far as Deontay goes, I mean, he pretty much gave us what we were going to expect him to give us other than the fatigue. Like his punches were wild. They were sloppy and they are powerful. Just what we said. His footwork is terrible. You ask yourself, how is this guy the champ? And he hits Tyson Fury and he goes down. He gets back up and you go, oh man, this guy is getting outclassed. Easy decision for Fury. 12th round bell rings. Boom. He hits Fury and almost knocks him out. That's just the type of power he brings. I don't think you're going to see too much of an improvement from Wilder if they fight early next year. I don't think you can really improve a lot with him at this stage of the game. He's already had, what is this, 41 fights now. We talked about that in the pre-fight podcast as well. Like You should have you know, a different skill set by now. But that's worked for him. So unless he goes back to the drawing board and says, man, I really could have lost this fight. You know, I, I really looked terrible. I really think I lost this fight. I need to change it up. But then again, it's hard. You know, old dog, new tricks, 41 fights in. He knocks everybody out. It's going to be very difficult for him to get technical all of a sudden, especially against a guy like Fury, who nine times out of 10, you're not going to out-technique him. So you need to bring that heat. That's what we said going in. It was actually a good stylistic matchup for Wilder because his wild punches did land. He did find them on Fury twice and he did knock them down. Now, of course, all the other rounds where Fury was dominating or they were close, well, we kind of expected that. Nobody expected him to outbox Fury. And that's one of the reasons I didn't think Wilder had a shot in hell of winning on the cards. Granted, I didn't expect two knockdowns. I thought if he's knocking them down, he's going to finish him. And that's where that fatigue came in. That's something I did not cap. We talked about the Luis Ortiz fight where he actually showed great cardio. So he comes, you know, he knocks Ortiz down, he gets really hurt, then he comes back, knocks Ortiz down, then he finishes, right? So he's showing he can carry his power late again. He showed that again. Don't ever think he can't knock somebody out in the very last second of the very last round because he can. He showed against Ortiz, and he showed it, he showed it again against Tyson Fury. He can put you out. As long as the fight is still going on, he could put you out, even if he's tired. Look how tired he was in this fight. He was, he was really tired. Like, this is one of the most fatigued performances I've seen from him that I can recall in recent memory where he was visibly fatigued. And that's why I said the power punches from the 6'9 Tyson Fury were affecting him. That could be a major part of why he fatigued as he was taking a lot of hard, flush punches from Tyson. Now, we didn't see the big wobble. We didn't see him go down like how Tyson did, but there was an effect there, and I thought it started early, and I thought it 
maintained itself over the whole course of the fight. It's just that Deontay believes in his power, so he kept winging as much as he could. But you didn't see huge amounts of windmills over and over and him just pressing forward like a crazy man or walking back and just throwing haymakers as Tyson comes forward. You really didn't see that. It was very conservative from him, and he had to fight in spots. And you saw that even when he hurt Tyson, even in the last round. Like, okay, your title is on the line. Everybody has you down. In your mind, you're saying, okay, this fight is close. I can finish the show. He tried three, four, five punches. That was it. His gas tank was empty. Tyson hits him. He's tired. Of course, you've got that effect now of being fatigued. A 6'9", 265-pound dude hitting you in the face. You get tired. You get hurt. You get wobbled. So that's a big thing that he needs to be able to fix is that conditioning because... That, that was one of the worst performances as far as conditioning goes that I've seen from him. As far as what he brought to the table, I don't think anybody is surprised at the way he fought. That's the way he fights. That's the way he's going to fight. I think it's interesting, uh, the little tweaks they can do in the rematch. You have to favor Tyson in the rematch, but it's always going to be but with me. But he's got that equalizer. He can erase all those scores, all those rounds where you've won with one punch. You saw that tonight and you've seen it throughout his career. So it's going to be the exact same thing. Anybody betting on Tyson is going to be biting their nails from start to finish. And actually, you should be hoping if you bet on Tyson in the rematch that he does press the pace a little bit more and that he is willing to put a little bit more combination punches together after he lands, say, a big right hand. Of course, it's got to be the right timing. Maybe not the first round, right? Maybe we need to get a wilder fatigued, get him into five, get him into eight, get him into nine, get him where he's a little more fatigued and you can try it. You can just put your foot on the gas a little bit. But of course, there's always that danger. And to me, that's what makes the fight intriguing. That's the reason I enjoyed it tonight. As even when Tyson was winning the rounds, you're going, Look at these haymakers. Oh, that just missed. Oh, man, look at that hook. Oh, that right hand just it, it just hit his shoulder. You're sitting there thinking like, if one of these punches land and you saw what happened, because that's the type of power he brings. We mentioned this in the, in the pre-fight podcast that there's very few fighters like Wilder, actually, that can literally put you out with one punch. That's why I was impressed with the way Tyson got up from that last round knockdown, because when he went down, I honestly thought he was out. Like he was motionless laying there and then he barely got up at the count of nine and you're thinking there's no way he's going to be able to survive this onslaught. It was literally like at the start of the bell. So the bell rings, ding, it's a couple seconds, boom, he gets hit, goes down. You're like, there's no way this guy's going to be able to survive this round. Wilder is coming with everything he had, and he did for like four punches. So he's got to be kicking himself in the ass for his, his lack of cardio or his lack of defense, whatever it was, a combination of, you know, his, his overtraining or Tyson Fury being able to hit him so clean, whatever it was, it really affected him. And I think it took away the victory in the last round that would have been absolutely stunning because most people had him losing the entire fight. Um, the other fight I want to speak about is the Adonis Stevens fight. Uh, that pretty much went as we said it would as well. We liked Adonis with the big advantage early, and we liked Alexander with the big advantage late. The big advantage for Adonis really was never there in the early part of the fight. The fight was very, very slowly paced. 
I thought Alexander was making a mistake there. It was a very slow pace. I saw right around six, seven rounds, Adonis hit the wall again. This is an extremely slow paced fight. Alexander didn't come with the five, six punch combinations very often. He was moving a lot, then he would press. He was moving a lot, then he would press. But there wasn't a lot of punches. There wasn't a real heavy pace that I thought he would put on to really fatigue Adonis. Now, I know the thinking behind that. The thinking was, you don't want to throw these long tail combinations, four, five, six, seven punches, and get caught in between. That's one of the reasons we spoke about Adonis having the advantage early is because if Alexander comes with five, six, seven punches, then he can counter in between that. And we talked about that. That didn't happen. And I know that's why uh, Teddy Atlas and his team had, had devised that game plan was they knew Adonis was super strong and dangerous early. Now, as the fight went on, you saw Teddy telling him, you need to pick it up. I want more punches. Now, he did get caught, hurt, and really it should have been dropped in the 10th round when Adonis caught him. The ref didn't call him a knockdown when he went into the ropes. I think it was a knockdown, but it was irrelevant anyway because he recovered and Adonis was so dead tired. He couldn't follow up with anything if he wanted. Speaking of knockdowns, I thought um, Alexander knocked Adonis down in the third round. The replays looked like it was a legitimate right hand. I don't know what the ref was thinking. I guess he was on the wrong side. But I thought Alexander already dropped Adonis in the third round. And then Adonis got some revenge in the 10th round, which I thought should have been a knockdown. It wasn't. So you have two non-knockdown calls. But you could see Adonis had already hit that wall rounds earlier I think if Alexander had pushed the pace even after six like right at six six seven eight like you really start throwing a lot of punches you could see as soon as he started doing it as soon as he flipped the switch Adonis crumbled we spoke about it we saw it in the Badu Jack fight he's 41 years old we talked about that I didn't really trust his durability, even though he had went, you know, eight years undefeated and all this. You could just see it in some of the fights. We knew if Alexander put his foot on the gas that Adonis wouldn't be able to survive like he did against Badu Jack. Now, he got him out in 11. We were getting to the area where I was like, are you seriously going to let Adonis survive? This guy is spent. There's nothing left. Luckily, Teddy and Alexander saw it. He put his foot on the gas just enough. You didn't even need a lot. That's what I'm saying. Like, had he started that at even round seven of really pushing Adonis back, he would have got him out of there. The same result, it just would have been early. So anybody that bet Alexander or bet him inside or bet the under would have had a much easier time. You wouldn't have been biting at your nails come 11 rounds because he hadn't done enough pushing of the pace to extremely fatigue. Adonis because you could see Adonis hit the wall he was tired now the only thing you needed the third thing you needed was punches and once he did that he just crumbled I mean look at the way he went down the guy was done that's because he he was done rounds and rounds and rounds ago the one last thing that I will end on is I believe Joe Joyce sucks that's it for this episode of Fight Junkie. I will sock it to you tomorrow, baby. Fight Junkie out.